so thankful to be here with you today and have the privilege to share with you for just a few moments. Before I do, I, I want to say very quickly, the hole in the wall is like this big. Uh, but, you know, I guess it's open to interpretation. I don't know. But I am so thankful uh, to have the privilege to get to share with you today what I believe that, that God has for us to hear. And I'm also very grateful uh, for our pastor. Pastor Ethan and, and Lena, they do a phenomenal job for our church. They have a heart for our church. They love our church. They love this place. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Ethan and I were in town. We were uh, coming back from probably eating. I'm not sure. We were doing something. We're good at it, so that's what we do. And he just stopped our conversation on the way back and, and just started praying for businesses in our community, the families that are impacted by them, all of those things. And I, I just want to say I'm thankful to have a, a pastor that not only loves this house, but loves the city and the community in which we live, that can pray for it, believe God for it. I'm thankful for Pastor Ethan and Lena and their family and their heart for Vibrant Church. I want to just share with you today, uh, just for a few moments, just a thought of the importance of God's timing. Timing is important. I was reminded of a story of an engaged couple that were soon to be married, and it was getting pretty close to the ceremony, and the groom is kind of concerned about an issue that he had, and so he went to his doctor, and he talked to his doctor, and he said, I just want to see if you can help me, and the doctor said, well, what's going on? He said, well, I have a condition that at night when I sleep, my feet sweat really bad, and it creates a terrible odor, and I'm scared that's going to happen, and then my soon-to-be wife's not going to want to live with me anymore. He said, well, I don't really have anything that I can do for you. He said, but I'll tell you what you do. Just put on a thick pair of socks, and every morning, just time it just right. You get up early, go get a shower. She'll never know. He said, okay, if, if that's the best advice you've got, that's what I'll do. I appreciate it. Well, he didn't know that his fiance was talking to her friend about an issue that she has. And she said, you know, she's talking to her friend. She says, I have terrible morning breath. And I'm so scared that after we have been married, if he wakes up one morning to kiss me, he's going to smell my breath and not want to be married to him anymore. She said, oh, that's no problem. The friend said to her, she said, just get up early, time it right, and brush your teeth. Go get back in the bed and he'll never know. She said, hey, that's a pretty good idea. I haven't thought about that. So they get married. It's the morning after their, their wedding, and their, uh, he gets up, or she gets up early to go brush her teeth, and he panics, realizes she's awake, so he runs to the other bathroom and goes and takes a shower. This goes on for like six or seven weeks, and one night he wakes up about 2 a.m. and realizes he has lost one of his socks. And he starts panicking. He knows he can't get up and go take a shower. That would be strange at 2 in the morning. He just starts feeling around in the bed trying to find where's the sock, where's the sock, and, and he bumps her, and she turns around and says, what are you doing? And he said, oh my goodness, you have swallowed my sock. <laughs> I want you to know timing is important. Timing is very important. Everything that we do involves the timing of events. In our lives every day, if we work a job, we have to be on time for that job. If we have children, we have to have them to school on time. Or we have events, we have to be there on time. We have church here on Sunday, we have to be here on time. 
And while we often prioritize timing in our personal and professional lives, we very seldom prioritize timing in our spiritual lives. So it's easy to get into this mentality of the day-to-day, but at what cost when it affects the timing of our spiritual walk with God? I want you to know, we understand that there are things that you have to do. There are jobs that you have to do, kids that you have to raise, but you cannot afford to put your spiritual relationship with God on the side. You can't afford to put it on the side and just think that it will be okay. It doesn't work that way. In Genesis chapter 16 and verse 1, it says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. In this context here, God has promised Abram that he would be a father to nations. There would be generations that would come from him. And they're in a place where he and Sarai have not been able to have children. And they're starting to wonder what this looks like. And she comes to him and says, listen, I, I, maybe, it's just, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the reason, but, but I know God has promised you a child. So let, take the servant and have a child with her. I want you to know it's important what voice you're listening to. It's important whose voice you're hearing. Because the voice of Sarah, while her intention was to try to create what God had already promised, it wasn't the method in how God wanted to give it. And her voice got in the way, and now all of a sudden, there's a problem. They begin to rush God's timing. And I want you to know that if we're not careful, we can rush God's timing. We can rush it. Many of us can look across our lives and see moments where maybe we had an Abram and Sarai moment where we rushed maybe a decision on a job or maybe we rushed a decision on a relationship or maybe we rushed some type of decision and we realized that it caused more issues than we could have ever imagined. When we get in the way and and we start to try to do things the way we want things done, it creates chaos. And while it's difficult sometimes to wait on God's timing, it's important that we wait on God's timing. We can't rush it. We can't afford to. So I've never cooked in front of a live television audience before, (laughs) but I'm going to do my best today. Now, as Pastor Ethan said, I'm from Wiggins, Mississippi. There's two Wiggins, Mississippi. Two Wiggins in Mississippi. Two. A lot of people don't know that. Some of you just realized you went to the wrong one. (laughs) The one I'm from has a post office. So we're the real one, if you know what I'm saying. I'm I'm just from Mississippi, and I just think simple, I guess. A couple of weeks ago, Haley and I were getting ready for bed, and this illustration just popped in my head, and I started making notes. And she said, what are you doing? And I said, I just feel like God's just giving me this idea for a sermon, and I just got to make these notes real quick. I had no idea a couple weeks later that Pastor Ethan would talk to me about speaking. When it comes to timing, 
and what God can do. It's important that we wait and that we don't rush because God knows us better than we do. You see, before you were ever formed in the womb, the Bible says he knew you. He knew you before you knew you. And we think we know more. That's something that we have to be careful about. God has something that he wants to do for us in our lives. And I'll just use these eggs just as a moment to kind of explain this situation. These eggs represent something that God has for you. I know it's simple. I know it's just eggs, but just stick with me, and I think it'll be just fine. We take these eggs, and we say, God, I want something. God says, I have something for you. I have something that I want to give you. As a matter of fact, I want to give it to you. I'm preparing it for you. I have done something that you will love. And we say, okay, God, that's great. Can I have it right now? And what we don't realize is oftentimes the things that God has for us, we're not prepared enough to get them yet. We haven't taken the steps that we need to, step to take to mature and to develop, to get to a place where we can receive what God has for us. But you see, we're in a almost instantaneous society. You need satisfaction? Just go to Facebook. You need to laugh? Just go to TikTok for the younger people in the room. Some of you are like, what? Clock? A clock? What are you talking? No, no, no. There's all kinds of things that we can do for instant satisfaction. And when it comes to things of God, we rush them. And God says, I have this thing for you. You're going to love it. You're going to love what I have for you. And you say, I want it now. And God says, just wait. And you say, I want it now. And God says, no, 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 no. You're not ready. And you say, no, I want it. And God says, okay. You want it. There it is. Now, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? I don't believe anybody up here would jump up here and taste this. As a matter of fact, if you're thinking about it, keep your seat. We'll talk about things later. I think that it's important that we realize that when we rush the timing of God, or we rush the things that God has for us and we're not prepared for them, whenever we get it, we look at the mess and all of a sudden we say, God, what is this? Where are you at in this? What, what is going on? This is not what I thought it was gonna be. It's not God. It's us. Abram and Sarai decided they were gonna do it their own way and ended up rushing God's timing and creating an absolute Mess. Isaiah 40 and 31 says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I think it's important that we don't rush God and we don't rush his timing, but we trust him enough to say, Okay, God, work on me. Whenever you've got it, I'm ready for it. We must be diligent in our pursuit of God and all that he has for us. Jonah chapter one says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it 
to go with them to Tarshish. I'm pretty sure that boy's going to Tarshish if you haven't picked up on that yet. To go away from the presence of the Lord. Jonah had an opportunity, something that God had called him to do, to go to Nineveh and to share the word of the Lord. And instead of going there and doing it, because God called him, God said, you can do it. Instead of doing that, he ran the complete different direction. He ran a completely different direction, not just saying, I refuse, but saying, I refuse to the point that I will run as far away from what you have to prove the point. I believe many of us have been there. God has called us to different things, different, different places to serve, different types of things to do in our community, and we say, no, I'm not going to do it. I refuse to do it. Can you imagine telling God, no? It's hard to imagine, but we do it every day. Maybe we feel just kind of that, that push from the Holy Spirit to lead a small group. Or maybe to serve as a greeter or serve on the worship team. Here at Vibrant Church, we have so many places where you can serve and get connected and be used on a weekly basis by God to, to better the kingdom of God and all that God can do here. And many times we feel the tugging, but we say, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's not possible. But God, I want what you have, just not that. I want what you have for me, but just not that. God says, listen, I have this for you. I have this for you. You will love it. You will love it. You know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. This is the plan that I have for you. This is the purpose that I have for you. This is what I want you to do. And we say, no. We turn away from it. We push away from it. And I want to tell you that it's important that we prioritize a mindset that is not accustomed to refusing what God wants to do in our lives. We can't do that. The pastors that are here, their own staff, are a prime example of people who chose not to refuse the timing that God had. Pastor Ethan coming here, God's timing. Pastor Josiah coming here, God's timing. Pastor Tyson God's timing, these men saying yes to these things, and you seeing the fruit of what happens when you choose not to refuse. Kids ministry, growing, student ministry, growing, vibrant church, growing, the worship team, growing, all of these things happening, growing. It's, it's because somebody somewhere said yes. But too many times we're like Jonah. And we know that there's something we could do, but we refuse it. We refuse it only on the premise of maybe it's not what I wanted, or that's not what I thought that would look like. And before long, the thing that God has for us is wasting away. We've refused it to a point where now it may not be of any good to us. 
It may not be anything that we can do. I, I just want to tell you this. I, I've missed God's timing, and I've met God's timing, and I promise you meeting God's timing is far better than missing it 10 out of 10 times. I've been out of the will of God, and I've been in the will of God, and I can tell you this. Being in the will of God is where the promise is. Being in the will of God is where his favor is. Being in the will of God is where God is able to move and bless and do like only God can do. But we give up on it. God has this thing for us to give to us. And I know you can't from there, but from here, this smells terrible. There's nothing like something that has spoiled. There's nothing like something that has spoiled to the point where now it has created an odor that is unpleasant. Can I tell you this? You refuse God enough, you'll spoil your gift. Jonah went from having the opportunity to preach to a city to being in the belly of a fish. I promise you the odor wasn't too good there. There's no way it could have been. And what we do is this thing that God has designed for us, all of a sudden we realize That it's no good. We've burned the one thing that God just gave us. You don't have to raise your hand. I'd prefer that you don't. But how many of you right now could think about some times in your life where God had called you to do some things and you refused it? Maybe you refused it because the timing didn't feel right to you, but it was right to God. Maybe you refused it because you didn't feel like you were capable. But I want you to know we can't live a life of refusal to God. The very relationship that you have came from a place of choosing not to refuse his grace and mercy through the work of the cross, but to receive his mercy through the work of the cross. Your very relationship that you have started with you saying yes and not saying no. I want you to know that living in perfect timing with God, it can cost you something. It can cost you a little bit of discomfort from time to time for yourself because you have to grow and to develop. Our worship team, on Sunday mornings, our worship team gets here at 6.30 in the morning. They have kids. They have spouses. They have families. They have all of these things, and they're here. They're here because they want to say yes and not refuse what God has. But this story does not stop here. While we can refuse God's timing, while we can choose to rush God's timing, we can put all of that aside and come to these scriptures right here about the same two men. Genesis chapter 17 says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless that I may make a covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face. You ever been in that place? 
where you just had to fall on your face to God and say, I'm sorry. And God said to him, behold, my covenant is great with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. And God said to Abraham, this is in verse 15. As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. If you look at Jonah, Jonah chapter 2, Jonah goes on to repent in the belly of the fish. Everybody hearing that? You may have rushed God's timing before. You may have received God's timing before. But I want you to know, as long as you're here, there's still purpose. And God has not forgotten you. God has not put you on the shelf. God has not cast you aside. If you will just take a moment and say, God, I'm sorry I rushed you. I'm sorry that I didn't receive you. I'm sorry that I kind of just pushed things away. But I'm sorry and I'm ready to do what you have for me to do. I want you to know there's a change that can take place. So here I've given you two incredibly terrible examples of cooking eggs. <laughs> Somebody amend it. Now the way I cook eggs may be different than the way you cook eggs, and that's okay. Next time you preach, you can cook them however you want. <laughs> but when I cook eggs at my house, this is kind of how I do it. I take eggs and I whisk them in real good, usually without the eggshell. And then I take a little pepper. This is the most amen some of you have said. It's not as much as you think. I'm really not sure where we got this, this thing from. Some people say, use water. I say, the devil is a lie. <laughs> and we take, salt comes later. God says, I understand that you messed up. I understand that you didn't do what I asked you to do. But I want you to know, if you're willing, I'm able. If you're willing, I can. If you're willing, I will. If you're willing, just hold on, because the promise is coming. Abram and Sarai got to a place where they realized, we have messed up. We rushed God's timing. They found themselves at a place of repentance. And God gave them the son that he promised them before they ever made the mess up. Jonah chose to run from God, chose to completely turn away and go the opposite direction. He chose to do something completely different. But he found himself in a terrible situation and he said, God, I'm sorry. I'll go to the city if you'll deliver me from this. I'll go to the city and I'll do what you have. Some of you in here are saying, I'm too old now. I've missed my moment. God's saying, no, you're still here. I've got something for you to do. I want you just to trust me with what I have for you. 
See, a lot of times when God gives us something, we only see the beginning of it. We don't see everything. We don't see the moments when God says, you just saw the beginning, but I've got so much more for you than you ever imagined. I've got, I love bacon. You just saw the egg. You just saw the calling. You just saw what was a temporary purpose in your mind. But I saw what I was going to do in your future. I saw what I was calling you to. I saw all of these things. I have so much good that is planned for you. Planned for you to prosper. For, not to have, for you to not have harm come upon you. All of these things I have for you. I want you to know. My child, can I just say that? I want you to know, son or daughter, I want you to know that if you'll just continue to trust me and if you'll just continue to live for me, if you'll just continue to do what I've asked you to do, if you'll just continue just to know that I've got every, every part of you in the palm of my hand, then I promise you I've got more than you could ever imagine. I've got more than you could ever see. It's more, it's more, it's more. It's more. You say, oh, come on now, Pastor Tommy. You say, you're saying a little bit much. I don't know if God can do all of that. I want you to know that he that begun a work in you will see it to completion. I'm telling you right now, you cannot afford to give up. But Pastor Tommy... Pastor Tommy, I've done too much. I've pushed too far. I failed too much. I'm just a failure. All I'll ever be is a failure. All I'll ever be is sick. Can I just say that? I know that sickness is real, but sometimes we tote it around like a badge. When God's wanting to heal us, I'm a failure. I'm sick, I'm broke, my family's broken. God can't do anything now. I want you to know that if you'll trust him, if you will trust him with what he's given you, You'll no longer be called failure. You'll no longer be called sick. You'll no longer be called a disappointment. You'll no longer be called a has-been. But God will change your name. And if you are fearful, He will make you fearless. If you are hopeless, he will make you hopeful. If you are sick, he will make you well. If you're sitting in this room right now, then it's important that you take inventory of who you are and make sure that you are walking in the will and timing of God. Because when it's easy to say that I don't have time for this, without God, you don't have time at all.
If we surveyed this room today, you could find so many people who would say, I've rushed God's timing. I've refused God's timing. Maybe you were like Abram and just thought you could help God out a little bit. And you created a mess. Or maybe you were like Jonah and you feel like God is calling you to serve and, and to do something, but you ran the other direction. I just want to remind you that you have an opportunity now to change that. You have an opportunity to see the fullness of God in your life. But you have to make the choice. Will you stand with me? You may be in here today and you may say, I don't even, I don't even understand what you're saying about God's timing. I'm not really sure I even understand what my relationship is with God. One of the best moments in time was when Jesus shed his blood at Calvary so that you and I could have this life that we have today. If you're in this room right now and you say, I, wanna, I want to make sure that I'm living life in God's timing. I want to make sure that my life is aligning with His will. I'm not going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to ask you, if you say, I want to make sure that the timing that I'm living is aligned with God, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. And as I pray, I just want you to pray for yourself or maybe your family or whatever the timing moment is that you're in. And just ask God to give you clarity and direction. Let's pray. God, I thank you for every single hand that was raised who right now today says, I want to make sure that I am in the timing and will of God. I don't want to be like Abram that rushed things away or Jonah that ran away. God, I thank you for the people today who say, I just want to be available. I want to live in the timing that God has for me. Father, I pray right now over them and their lives as they leave from this place today, not because of this prayerful moment, but because the Holy Spirit goes with them, that they would be led, that they would be guided, that they would be directed, that they would follow in your will and in your timing, that they would not run or turn away, that they would not try to just do this on their own. Give them the strength to live out their days honoring you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, 
And you say, I want to make that decision today to know Jesus. What does that look like? It it looks like us surrendering our lives to him and saying, I'm sorry for what I've done. Please forgive me and live in my heart. If you're here today and you say, I want to, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. There's no better timing than right now to know the Lord. So if you're here and you say, I want to make sure that I know the Lord, that I'm giving my life to him, I'm going to ask you, right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, I'm ready to make a change, would you just raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. We're going to pray this prayer together as a church, and I want you to pray this with me. And I want you to know it's not the words of this prayer that save you, but it's who you believe when you're praying them. Can we just pray this together? Say, dear Jesus, you see my life. I am a sinner. And today I repent. I say I am sorry. Please forgive me. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose. And today... I believe I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together and celebrate with those today?